if anything, I just want to give motivation to people who are who who are just getting started with art school or who are contemplating art school or who hear all that noise about, you know, the broke artist mentality. This night. I'm trying to use my story as an example of it's possible. Oh, you're doing it. believe that we are all susceptible to the laws that govern the universe, like Newton's law of gravity. Another such law is the law of attraction. It's our ability to attract into our lives what we focus on. In other words, what you think about will manifest itself into reality. If you focus on positive thoughts and have clear goals, opportunities, resources, and people will be drawn to you. The law of attraction dictates that whatever can be imagined and held in the mind's eye is achievable if you take action on a plan to get to where you want to be. In his wildly popular TED Talk, Sean Aker says, The lens through which your brain views the world shapes your reality. Change the lens, change your happiness, change every single outcome at the same time. Having said that, I want to introduce you to our next guest. My name is Hindel Eugene. I'm a multidisciplinary artist, animated designer here in sunny Southern California. I'm a Haitian American hailing from Tampa, Florida. I uh, studied at University of Central Florida for a while and then went on to study at Full Sail University before relocating here to LA where I've, uh, I've been for the last seven years now. Cool. And I'm super glad and thrilled that your sister recommended that we get in touch. Yeah. I think this is how our story begins, right? Yes, actually, big shout out to her. <laughs> so here I am. I'm looking for diverse voices in our community to be represented on our show. There's a lack of people of color, people sure. of uh, fem- like females, women on our show, and so I'm just I'm just happy that you're here. And we reached out to the internet, and just this is the amazing power of the internet that somebody knows somebody. And two degrees of separation, you're here on the show, and I started looking you up. Now, I had mistaken you with somebody else. I just don't know why, but I know somebody else that has the same last name as you, I think. So, yes. Um, you know who you probably mistaken me for was my brother. My brother. Um, may, maybe. Who's your brother? Uh, my brother's Hanley Eugene. He actually has worked at your studio before. Oh, that's why. You guys, <laughs> <laughs> your mom gave Absolutely. you guys very similar names. Yes, yes, yes. That's who it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, um, funny thing is, so my sister, um, Antoine, who uh, also has the same last name, is the one who recommended, who, you, who got in touch with you, yes. and um, um, we're all, all siblings are in the industry, so. Um, wow, that um, is so cool. Of, yeah, all converged, we just, in just this last year, we're now all in LA, so it's it's funny how that, that works. That is a super powerful, like, family here, so, okay, yeah. I have lots of questions for you. So, you Absolutely. have two siblings? Yes, two siblings. Are you the oldest, the youngest, the middle? Where are you? I'm the middle. I'm the middle. Mm, we have that in common. I'm a middle child too. <laughs> nice. So I wonder if you're also the caretaker because I learned from my therapist that the middle child is the caretaker. I, I am often the mediator. Well, that's actually was my role growing up. I am the mediator. Granted, we I've butted head with my brother and my sister uh, plenty <laughs> of times, but um. Um, um, I was, I was the, uh, the, uh, introvert. I was a calm mm. child. I, I was very non-controversial. So I guess in a lot of cases I was the mediator. Yeah. You can say caretaker as, as, as well in some sense. I mean, we all took care of each other. Right. Yeah. I, I guess I, I was, I was always, that was always the title I got was the mediator. Mm. Right. 
So. Well, I learned from my therapist. At first, she said, you're the caretaker. I said, I am not the caretaker. I resisted that label. And then she would ask me a couple of questions like, who helped your mom out in terms of cleaning the house? I'm like, oh, it was me. And then who who did this and who did that? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. That was when me. Say, <laughs> when you say that, um, I, I of all the children definitely take after my mom a lot in a lot of ways. So um, in that regards, yes, for See? sure. Uh, <laughs> so I'll give you a little like mini therapy like free you, session here. Say, yeah, you gave me a therapy. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you a little bit here. So what happens is the oldest child gets a lot of attention because they're first. Mm-hmm. The youngest child gets attention because they know that that's the last one. It's the baby of the family. And she's the only female. She got the, a lot so of. She attention. had double, double. Yeah, so yeah. then the middle child has to carve out their own identity, and so right. you and I have a lot in common. Now it's good to recognize this because sometimes in relationships you may get. Mm, abused I don't mm. mean like physically or mentally I'm just saying taking advantage of because you're always concerned about how the other person feels which makes you a great empathetic artist mm-hmm. that's probably why you're so good at what you do but at <laughs> the same time sometimes like say if an employer says hey uh, I need you to stay at 3 in the morning you're like oh alright you know and you that, just go with the flow does that sound familiar the, you, you are you are you're totally reading my life right now um <laughs> Um, um, very much. I, I am the type of person that will put others before myself in a lot of, in a lot of ways, in a lot of regards. Yeah, I'm very empathetic. Um, I, I care what people like, how well, making feel, people right? happy. Yeah, yeah. How they feel, making people happy. Um, I want, like, I, I, at one point in time, I've thankfully have since distanced myself from this, but I once mm-hmm. at a point in time, what prided myself on the fact that I had nobody Ever that has a grudge against me mm. or that didn't like me for mm. any particular reasons and uh you're a big sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> um, um but yeah that didn't that, that kind of didn't work in my favor and in a lot of cases you kind of got to stand up for yourself sometimes right um, so i've learned the, i've learned that having, having been burned mm. because, yeah and there's a lot that we can learn and we can share things together if you ever get into a jam you're like gosh why is it that i always put other people's uh livelihoods above my own you and I, mm-hmm. we can talk after this and I, I can share some things I've learned. Because oh, awesome. as a business owner, I would have employees kind of behave in ways that I was like thinking, this is not good for me or the company. Yet mm-hmm. I was so concerned, like, I wonder what's going to happen to them if I fire them. It took a little bit of work to get through this uh, from coaching and right. from seeing my therapist to kind of figure out what's happening in my mind, right? So now that you're aware of it, you might take pause next time you're about to do something that's good for somebody else, but not good for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm not here to talk to you and play a fake uh, psychiatrist or psychotherapist. I'm here to talk to you because I was checking out your work and I was super excited to have you because you do some really cool stuff, man. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Seriously, that means a lot. Coming Look at this. I mean, you guys need to go to his website right now. It's Handel Eugene and it's spelled H-A-N-D-E-L Eugene E-U-G-E-N-E Eugene. Okay. Yes. Yes, and Dell Eugene. You. Right. So you got to go check out his site. And if you're not tempted to go there right now, I'm going to just list off a couple of things here. He's worked on Spider-Man Homecoming titles. Super cool cell animated. And what's really cool is he documents this process. He shows you tests, look frame. It shows you how to, like, he does the texture mapping and a lot of really cool cell animated stuff with a little cheat here and there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll use 3D every now and again, too, to kind of, like... 
um, help me. Like, whatever tools are at my disposal that help me get the job done, I, I've, I've tried to pick up and kind of add to my toolkit. So yeah, mm. I, I love I love documenting the process. I mm-hmm. love. And there's a bunch of other commercials. He's worked with Disney. Uh, he's done things with Madden. So you guys need to check out his work because what's what's really interesting to me is there's a diversity of different approaches. This is like a breadth of work that kind of covers a lot of different styles, all very rich and different. So a lot of people say I'm a multimedia artist and they don't really earn that label. So when you say you're a multimedia artist, you earn that label as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh man, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's too kind. Um, yeah, I, I, I pride myself on that. Um, at one point in time, I was like very frustrated with mm-hmm. it because in the sense that, you know, I, I, I always feared of becoming uh, a jack of all trade, but master of none, mm-hmm. you know, like you always hear that term and um, I loved 2D. 2D was my first love. I picked up After Effects, but then I saw this, you know, hot, new, sexy <laughs> uh, thing over here called Cinema 4D that these when I was in school, these kids were playing with, and I, I wanted to pick that up, and I did, and I started adding it to my tool set, and I did. I mean, I never want to just be average or okay at something. I want to mm-hmm. try and be as good as possible. So mm-hmm. I've been. It's 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 hard. Like whenever I'm like getting better at 2D, I'm like not getting better at 3D. But whenever I'm getting better at 3D, I'm not getting. So I've been very much. My whole goal, my whole career, is to make sure I don't like, you know, leave one unattended to or leave one um, I haven't touched in a while or whatever. Trying to get as familiar with those programs as much as possible mm-hmm. um, and using them as much as possible. And also too, like it helps. It also very much helps. Um, you know, I don't know every single thing about After Effects and Cinema 4D, but it also helps to, you know, obviously, you know, focus on the concept and figure out what cool creative results you want to get out first and how these tools can help you achieve that, you know, and that's what I've been um, trying to do my whole career. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So although After Effects and doing 2D animation was your first love, you, mm-hmm. you 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 left a little room in your heart for another love. So you're like polyamorous here. You're just like not monogamous. So the <laughs> and you're balancing these two relationships with two. And I think the artists that know a number of approaches and and tools and techniques on how to get there often do the richest work because they're not hindered by one or the other. Right. So where it makes sense, you jump back into After Effects or Photoshop and you do some cell painting kind of things, which I saw right. you do. Or yeah. when it makes sense. You jump into 3D and you you can do things that you just can't do in a 2D compositing program. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> my uh, my my greatest compliment, my greatest compliment, I always get is whenever somebody sees my work, it's like, "What you did that in 3D? I thought you thought you did that. I thought that was all cell painted or mm-hmm. cell animated or whatever. Like, oh, you did that in in 2D? I thought that that looked so that had so much volume. I thought that you did that in 3D or this and I love it when you can't really tell like the program itself isn't speaking for your work but the work itself is like really standing out you know mm-hmm. and and the concept that you're trying to get um <clears throat> comes across right. so uh yeah that's that's always been my goal mm. you know, make make it look good first and figure out the concept first and then whatever tools at your disposal help you achieve that right so we, you, you're talking about something that I've, I've often shared with my students who want to get into teaching and your passion for teaching is yeah. that you kind of mask your techniques. It doesn't look like, oh, there's that kind of brush that everybody uses or right. that the telltale signs of a plug-in kind of almost at default settings. And, and that's where the, the, the master or the artisan comes in and crafts something that's like, wow, just, I'm just in awe of the way it looks and feels. And I'm not distracted by, oh, I see the technique. I see your hand in the work. So that's that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the same tools that you have, at, not usually always, every, the same tools that I have access to is the same tools everybody else has access mm-hmm. to. And so like by the default, the default settings, you should never use the default settings. And a lot of cases, sometimes not even the first thing that comes to mind or whatever, like the first thing, whenever you're first playing with the tool, whatever, the first thing that comes to mind, I guarantee you, is the first thing that comes to everybody else's mind. So you got to really dive deep um, and really play with the tool and try and get something that looks completely different than what you started off with and what everybody else starts off with. And yeah, that's one of the that's definitely one of my techniques I use all the time. Maybe I'll use a, a particular effect and then I'll duplicate it and maybe blur it and put it in a different transfer. Just try to get it to look unique and different and layered i think layering things i think that's one thing too that a lot of a lot of a lot of students don't do is they look for like a one-click solution to their Mm -hmm. problems instead of really like layering up with multiple like finesses and massaging it and trying to get it to look completely different from what they uh they started off with because what they started off with is what everybody else starts off with Mm -hmm. that's what i try to do with my work all the time More to come after a quick break. Be back in a minute. Hey, all John Roth of the future here. Let me ask you something. What do you think of when you think of the perfect proposal? Me? I think about walking along a beach barefoot, the water gracefully touching my feet. The sun is setting as I turn to my lady, Academy Award winning actress Jennifer Lawrence, and I say, sweet pea to my pod. How about you and I face this thing together we call life? Well, that's not what Chris Doe and Ben Burns think the perfect proposal is. To them, the perfect proposal is everything you need to craft effective proposals that win jobs and close leads. This three-part downloadable product, written by Ben the Burns himself, will help you approach proposals in a new way. The perfect proposal kit is an end-to-end solution that will help you design proposals that win business. It's that simple. And frankly, if your close rate is over 60%, meaning you close at least 60% of the proposals you send, you probably don't need this resource. But if you fail to close that often, this could be the smartest $59 you will ever spend. You heard me right. It's only $59. So if you're interested in proposing perfectly, head on over to thefuture.com, that's the, F-U-T-U-R.com, and check out The Perfect Proposal. Jennifer Lawrence not included. Okay, so I, I guess what now we have to get into this whole spirit about teaching and learning and all that kind of stuff. So maybe this is a good time for us to talk about this. Yeah. Now, I understand you teach at Otis, right? Yes, yes. I, uh, How long have you been teaching there? Sure. I, uh, I've been teaching there since 2015, so mm-hmm. it's going to be three years now. Nice. Congrats. Um, Thank you, thank you. Uh, well, this is going to be my eighth semester of teaching there, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been a true, real, real, true honor and pleasure to uh, be able to kind of contribute to uh, future motion artists and future designers um, of of this industry and seeing some of like some really amazing talent, and just like you know, teaching. A lot of people think teaching is just like you know something that you do because you've you know maybe have a complete understanding of how how the industry works and you've got a ton of experience in this that and the other 
And I, I would argue that that's not the case. I feel like when you start teaching, you 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 continue learning at the mm-hmm. same time. You're learning so much, and it's 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 beneficial to both parties, both the students and to you as an artist. I've become a better artist because of it, and I've been thankfully been able to make an impact in in a lot of students um, because of it as well. You know, like they say, there's a saying, right? Um, those who who uh, know they do and those who understand they teach mm. and um, I don't say that like as self-serving in any way or anything like that I, I say that because that's that's the goal like I feel like one of the reasons why I picked up teaching is to have a better understanding too like I, you really got to know what you, you're talking about to be able to teach it on a basic basic level like that's how you really know you understand something if you can teach it to somebody who's never even um picked up a particular tool or unfamiliar with a completely different concept and and uh i love i love that about teaching and also too at the same time students teach me that's probably one of the another added benefit is i learn from students all the time they'll uh They'll show me things. They'll challenge me things. They'll ask me questions that I don't even know the answers to. But you know what? I'll be like, all right, let's well, let's take some time and let's figure this out together. And let's let's go through, let's go through that. You gotta it keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. You know, you really gotta really gotta know, um, um, have a good understanding. And and uh, but at the same time, um, um, I feel like anybody at any point in time in their career can teach. Um, um, it might not be at a university, but it could be, you know, somebody who's trying to come up the ranks or somebody who's new or somebody who's maybe an intern, whatever it is. And if you, if you have the opportunity, I highly, highly recommend anybody. Um, I love this um, on that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent because it makes you a better, makes you a better artist. And I hear so many times we're like, man, I probably, I probably sh- anybody, somebody, anytime anybody says that, you know, uh, I've thought about teaching, but you know, I'm a little, you know, they get cold feet or whatever. They're a little worried about this, that, and the other. I always, I encourage them as much as possible to really, really consider it because um, makes you better as an artist, and you just, just so many, so many benefits. I can just go on and on about it. Well, I want to um, talk to you about this because yeah. I'm, I'm a very, uh, I'm very passionate about teaching as well. I've taught yes, for absolutely. over 15 years myself. So now let me let me just ask you a quick question. When yeah. did you get out of school? So how many years have you been in the industry before you started teaching? Uh, <laughs> so I I got out of school at uh, January uh, 2012. I came I came oh. to Los Angeles January 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started teaching, believe it or not, in 2014. Um, and uh, I started teaching MoGraph Mentor first. Okay. And then I went on to teach at a- That's with Michael Jones, uh, right? Yes, with Michael Jones. I know he's been on your podcast. Yeah, he was actually in the studio yesterday. We we're just having a nice chat. Nice. But yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Jones, we're good buddies. I have um, um, yeah, we've been friends for years. Um, and obviously, I've been teaching with him as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started off there teaching online. And it was the funny thing is, it wasn't like it wasn't like Michael Jones or Otis reached out to me. It was something that I was proactive about. Oh wow. Um, yeah, yeah, it was something I was very proactive about. Here's here's the main here's here's one of the main reasons. Like, one of the reasons why I wanted to get because I learned I had heard these things. Like, I want I always try to become a better artist. And the people I heard like, if you want to, you know, if you un- those who understand teach. I was like, man, I want to have a better understanding of my craft. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to be proactive. And another reason, just like, you know. Um, that actually a lot of people don't know is that I'm a very introverted person. I'm a very not as social person. I don't want to say anti-social, but not as social mm-hmm. um, person. And uh, I wanted to get better at at speaking to people, and I also wanted to get better at public speaking. And I went, it's like, why not? Why? This, again, just another added benefit is that you become more comfortable. Like something like this, like this podcast, I would be very uncomfortable doing. Um, 
um, maybe before I started teaching. But because I'm teaching now, <clears throat> I'm able to uh, be comfortable in front of people. So that was another reason, just another, another reason why I was proactive about it. And so uh, in 2014, yeah, um, I reached out to Michael Jones. Hey, I'd love to, if you'd have me, I was so humble about it. I was like, I'd really love it. I wasn't sure. It was, he was like, what? We'd love to have you. So he, he brought me in, and I was, I was, I was teaching. I, ta- I taught for a MoGraph mentor for like three years, and then um, started teaching at Otis in 2015. Mm-hmm. So um, just, just, uh, just, what, three years removed from school. Yeah. And, um, and, and it was actually it was actually a hurdle. Actually, so it was actually a hurdle. It was it took me a while to get into Otis um, because of that. You know, they they'd seen when I'd graduated. Um, right. um, they say they write usually they usually require ten years of experience. I believe it. I believe it, a certain number of years. I believe it's ten years, but it might be wrong mm-hmm. um, of experience. And so, so I did something. I did something a little smart. I uh, um, I don't know if you know Bill Sneed. Of He's course. Like, yeah. He's a former of, student of mine. Really? That's yes. Funny. That's how old I am. <laughs> uh that's awesome um yeah bill sneed was teaching at otis Mm -hmm. and so i reached out to him was like hey can i ta your class for a little bit and so i i was his teacher assistant Mm -hmm. unofficial like i wasn't on the books or anything like that but i was his uh, teacher assistant for a year how do you know bill I, I know Bill because he worked at Royale, and just well, first of all, just being a fan of his work, right? right. It's like he's he's, he's just amazing. And uh, I, I, before I ever met him, I always followed his work. And then um, he worked at Royale. I started off at Royale. I interned there, and then went on staff. Worked there for five years. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he worked there um, as well. Actually, he we never worked together at Royale. He worked. I had been watching. I'd been talking to friends, and he he'd been working there, but he was there before I did. But anyway. Uh, I, I I've just been a big fan of his 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 work, still am, and uh, and I asked if I could TA his class, and then I was TAing, and then at one point he asked me, hey, what do you think about guest lecturing a class? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, you're, he's he was teaching basically motion graphics and a lot of two D. He's like, hey, you're familiar with three D, right? And he was like, why don't you do a guest lecture? And so that's, I did that, and I was doing it every semester, and he uh, he ended up moving to Detroit. And he was like, he was like, I, um, um, I'd love to put in a recommendation for you um, to teach. And so he put in that recommendation. And he also told the students to really um, bug um, Harry. Harry's mm-hmm. the head of, head of the department at Otis, and uh, to get me in the door, even though I was like, you know, I was I was 25 at the time. I was I was really really green as far as when it comes to the industry. But I, I felt confident enough to be able to teach the fundamentals. Yeah, that summer Harry reached out and, and took a chance on me. I, I could still I could still tell you can still tell he was a little skeptical, but <laughs> um I guarantee he's not skeptical now. Skeptical mm-hmm. now. Um um he uh, I've, I've very since like my class has has been is it's usually always full. Like I always get recommendations for other students like, hey you gotta take Indel's class, this, that and the other and um, yeah, that's kind of how I how I how I got into it. It was just just being proactive about it and wanting to better my career, but also have an impact on students. Like the just another added benefit is you get to see these these students out in the wild and in the industry, and you eventually get to. I've worked with students that I taught before, and yeah, it's just kind of like it spreads out your network as well. And if at any point down the road, if I ever you know start working at a studio or whatever this that and the other i'm not start but like ever run a studio i'll, mm-hmm. I'll like I'll, I'll have people that i've worked with in the past and also too people come to me as hey do you know somebody that, that like that might be interested in internship it's like yeah i got a couple names like i I've, i'm becoming slowly becoming that go-to guy or like hey you're teaching at otis you know anybody that you'd recommend it's like yeah i got a small list of students that are really killing it and i definitely recommend so yeah i mean it's just 
I don't know. I, again, I can keep talking about it. For <laughs> this is fantastic. You know, there's uh, a. I, I feel like there's I, uh, there's an affinity uh, for me at least for when I hear your story about teaching and overcoming your shyness or your your introverted nature and maybe even your being a little self conscious about how you sound and how you speak. And you're just like a younger, hotter, faster, better version of me because I just hear you saying, you know what, two, three years out, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to pursue it. And I didn't start teaching until five years out and I waited for somebody to ask. I waited for an opportunity instead of just going after it. So, man, hats off to you, really. Oh, man, thank you. There's a lot of lessons here to unpack for our audience. So please allow me a second here to kind of talk about this, okay? Oh, yeah, 100%. So here here you are, Handel's looking at it like, you know, here's where I'm not as strong. But it seems like every time you hear that inside your head, you just go after it and you go and slay it. So you're like, you know, After Effects is great, but there's this other hotness. And it's it's limiting if I only know 2D. So you do what few people do. You actually run towards change. Yeah. So you go and learn and embrace the 3D. And then you think to yourself, I know I'm not like really like the seasoned guy, but... I can't wait for that. There's no perfect time, and I'm just going to go rush into it. So you sought Michael Jones, and you started teaching on MoGraph Mentor. You sought out Otis, and you started teaching. You figured out a way. So you weren't going to let qualifications or resumes or just people saying no stop you. And I love that determination. So if you guys are hearing this, there's something that's holding you back. You're waiting for the right time. There is no such thing. And this is just a sterling example of somebody who just went after it. And I love it. And... I want to. I can geek out with you all day about <laughs> teaching, the benefits of teaching, why teach. I mean, maybe after this podcast, Otis and all these other schools, you're gonna get a ton of people stepping up, and that would be a wonderful thing. We need yeah. better teachers. Yeah. Um, can I add one extra thing Please. to that too? Yeah. Um, just another added benefit was like again, being young in my career, I I, I wanted. Yeah, like 100%, like you said, don't wait for something. If you want something, go figure out how you can start doing it right away instead of waiting for somebody to hand you an opportunity or waiting for you to get that promotion, whatever it is. Um, And for me, I always strived and wanted to be an art director. Mm. Again, me with my intro, art director, creative director, I knew like, you know, that's that's usually the path that you take in your career, right? You start off intern, then animated, then you're mid-level, mid-level senior, and then start, you start directing other people. And I had just been observing that. I was like, yeah, well, I at the time, I was like, I could never do that. I can't, I can't do what these people are doing where I can't direct, I can't manage artists and manage, you know, other people and, and such. So um, what better grounds to do that than in school it's like that also too gave me extra uh gave me gave me an opportunity to be able to start critiquing works from 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 students and like how how could i make this better how could you make this better or 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 what can we do to kind of push this and make this look look cooler or oh no that might not that might not be right and whatever it may be so i've gotten better at giving feedback to um um, to students, which essentially translates into the industry, right? Where you start really start thinking about not just okay what you're doing, but why you're doing it. You know, like I, that's probably the biggest thing. Like, right? it's like why why is this working? Why isn't this working? What can we do to make it better? That's just another added benefit that I, that's 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 that came with with teaching. Again, one of the other reasons why I was proactive about it is like there's just like a lot of different things that 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 would benefit me and also too at the same time of course i'm benefiting um these students as well and helping them become better artists for the future Mm, love it love it (laughs) okay so i'm gonna make a guess here there's just i'm doing this math here while you were talking you're still in your 20s right 
<laughs> yes, I'm 28 years old right now. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> All right. You know what? I want to start up a little controversy because I okay. know your sister put you up to this. Okay. Who's the best artist in the family? Who's the best artist in the family? So my definition of artist is one that people will not agree with, but it's, it's the old traditional definition mm. of like pen and paper, create cool creative idea, give you a pen and paper and create something cool and creative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's my old school traditional method. And if we're going based off of that, it has to be hands down my brother. Mm. Brother was the art, always the artist in the family. He, he created comic books back when we were like young, like elementary school, middle school. Uh, his character his character was called Heat Wave. Nice. Um, he should trade like that or something now that I'm saying it, saying it out loud <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, he would create multiple comic books and he would always draw and he was always he was always the artist in the family. And so like that's why when he saw what I was doing, I was eventually becoming kind of like, you know, mustered the the guts and the courage to uh, and the fear to to actually try and go to art school. Mm-hmm. Once he saw what I was doing and, and, and saw that I was actually, you know, being successful, that's where he's like, Oh, maybe if Hendel's doing it, then yeah, then maybe I can do this too. And so he uh he he switched careers. He was actually going into uh he was he was in nursing school, believe it or not. Um, everybody in our family, I, I'm from Haitian. I'm a Haitian Haitian American, Haitian descent. Everybody in our family is always nurses, and um, mm. if they always rec- like if that's the that's the safe. That's everybody's need. That's the like, good job safe. to get. Yeah, exactly. There's right. you're never gonna write a, not need a job. Everybody needs right. you know uh, needs to be a, a can be. A, I will always have a job if they're a nurse. And so yeah, my brother and the family, I would say, is mm. the uh, is is the artist, and still. And still in my eyes, just like, well, can still sketch up some awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I would, I, I am a, a good commercial artist. I would, I would say if you, if you, if you, if I had to create artwork that I had to sell, I mean, obviously there's multiple definitions and stuff mm-hmm. like that, especially now with technology and such, but in the traditional sense, yeah, I would, I would, I would have to give that to my brother. Mm. Okay. I like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about this. So. This is interesting that in Haitian culture, the, the prize job is to become a nurse because I think it's it's close to being a doctor. You're kind of working in the medical space. You yeah. help other people, but you don't yeah. have to go through like a gazillion years of school to get there, right? Right. And it can be super expensive and a difficult path to, to go down. Right. So Hanley goes down that path himself and yes. then he starts to see it. So he's suppressing the artist in him because you're saying from a young age he's already drawing killer stuff and he's got a wild imagination already right yes and then he sees you and maybe he created space for you in terms of like fulfilling what your parents wanted and so that you are bolder to do what it is that you wanted to do you could live your dream then he sees this and he's like wait a minute what am i doing i i I can't go down this path so he's changes gears and then now he's also working in the industry as well right Yes, and and funny same same exact story from my not exact but similar story from my sister as well. Um, she was in the medical uh, sphere as well, medical realm, and and uh, uh, has just now made that same transition out here to L.A. Oh, interesting! Um, to, um, to become an artist as well, animator, <clears throat> and so uh, yeah, so. I'm I'm from Tampa, Florida, and and we're nowhere near LA. We're nowhere near Hollywood. Nobody in our family is an artist, mm-hmm. and there's that misconception where that broke artist misconception, right? right? And so, like, chances are, um, if you're if you're outside of LA, 
you know somebody who's a broke artist who's struggling to pay the bills mm-hmm. and um every every single one of my uh, aunts are, are are nurses my mom's a registered nurse you know mm-hmm. so like um um and they they just don't know that there is actual successful artists out there um granted yeah there are unfortunately unsuccessful but like if there are it is an opportunity you just speak of the word artist or what you might want to be and they just like tell you a million reasons why not to do it not just family friends anybody Mm -hmm. um tell you why not to do it and and that was actually a real struggle a real struggle for me to get here because i uh I, I'm not the type of person that rushes a decision or just like, you know, just is going to go against the grain. And like, I, like you said, like I, I told you, I'm a very non-confrontational person, right? Mm-hmm. I knew if I were to pursue anything that has to do with being an artist, I'd, I'd start getting a lot of backlash. So, um, and uh, but at the same time, like I had to make a decision that was right for me and my career, like. Whoever, like I'd, ra- I want to be happy, and I-, I found something that I was like spending a lot of time doing. I found something that was like that made the time. When you find something and the time just goes by, and you're like wondering where the time went, and uh, you're really passionate about something, you, I highly recommend anybody to to pursue that. That there's value in that, you know, and um, and so I got to the point where, like, I got, I was like, I don't, I didn't know, like, Grant, I didn't know you can make money in this industry. No, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know anything about this industry at all. And I was like, I got to the point where I was like, I don't care if I'm a broke artist. If I love what I, if I wake up in the morning with this feeling that I have right now and I'm loving what I'm doing, then that's, I'd rather live a life like that than, mm-hmm. and then kind of get a job that I could not care much about and just like there's a saying right everybody like spend all week looking forward to the weekend and then they spend all year looking forward to the summer and then they spend all you know all, all like multiple years looking forward to their vacation or whatever i didn't want to live a life like that you know like i i, I didn't want to live a life where like there's also another saying that was like uh people make just enough money to to not quit their job and people uh do just as much work to not get fired you know, like there, there, there are certain certain number of people that live their life that way, and I was like, it's like uh, I'm truly, truly fortunate and blessed to be able to look forward to going to work every day, and like I, I can't say how much, how much that that risk that I took back then um, has benefited me tenfold, and um, and now like it's so funny, like I just got an opportunity to work on um, these Marvel films, and now like it's so funny, like on Facebook. Um, I'm seeing a change. I'm I'm helping change the narrative a little bit back home um, in Florida, where like you know some of the, the we call them grow moons. Uh, the, the the older the adults are starting to to have a change of perspective and letting their kids kind of like pursue some of the uh, uh, fields that they may be interested in, even if it's not the traditional route. So like that's something else too I'm proud of is that um, I'm, I'm kind of help paving away for the younger generation of my family to, you know, go out and pursue some of their dreams, even if it goes against the traditional um, grain of, of our Haitian family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, so I got so many questions to ask you about this because I think now you're touching on a nerve and I think now I, I know where this podcast is going to live in the in our library. So I want to direct the conversation a little bit here if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. No, 100%. So you're this like kind-hearted guy. Never want anybody to ever get upset. You're the middle child, so you're the caretaker. So yeah. how is it that you become the rebel? 
I mean, so here you are, you're going against the traditions and the, the wishes of your parents. And I know you don't want to do that. Like in your heart, you want to make your parents happy, right? So yeah. where do you find the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. And how old were you? And was there anything that happened that became clear to you? This is what you need to do. I'm, I'm so glad you asked that. Um, yeah. So I, I'll sum it up in one word. Um, uh, failure. Failure is what drove my am, am, ambitions and, uh, to where I am today. So just to give you a quick backstory, um, I started I started off as a, a, a video editor in high school, and I I I, I, uh, I started doing video highlights, football highlights in school. I would do them every single week. I was actually I remember this my senior year, fall of my senior year, I started taking TV production seriously and I would do video football highlights. And I started off week one, week two, and I started getting better, getting better. I started spending more and more time on this stuff. And that's when I knew like I really love this stuff and I want to try and pursue it. I went off to college at University of Central Florida and I uh, had joined their UCS sports video department. And there is where I met my first After Effects artist. And I just first picked up After Effects just as a tool to try and help make my video highlights better. But then I started, you know, um, diving deeper into it and learning new things. And I think um, I came across Andrew, who just was on your podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I came across his. Um, Mr. Andrew Kramer. Mr. Kramer, video co-pilot. Yeah. Um, came across his website. This is like 2008. I remember like going, like seeing his like. His like, I remember evolution, like evolution pack, like these flourishes were really popular back then. I was like, what? You can add that to your videos. Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, I started really pursuing it. I started spending more time in After Effects late at night than I was in my schooling, in my grades. I got to the point where I was neglecting my grades. I got like this freelance job, which like paid no money or whatever. But like I was just like, I was spending more time on this stuff. And I ended up... Um, uh, neglecting my grades to the point where I got I got kicked out. I got kicked out of school. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, I I uh, it's so funny. Um, um, I say I went to University of Central Florida, but truth is I went there and and dropped out. Um, and so I was working with UCS Sports Video at the time, and to be uh, they actually gave me an athletic scholarship to be a cameraman for them. Right, and it, as you know, anybody who's, who's, who's familiar with sports, to be to have an athletic scholarship, you need to have a certain GPA. You need to have your grades intact. And I essentially was spending so much time at this job, and after effects, the point where like I got kicked out of school, which ultimately took away the one thing that I was like really enjoying and really loving, which was that job. And I couldn't, I could no longer be a student athlete for them with the scholarship that they gave me, and I ended up being kicked out of UCF, kicked out of uh, 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 that job, UCF Sports Video, and I, uh, I was at a crossroads. I was at a crossroads where like, I could go back home, maybe get a nine to five, maybe go to community college and, and try and figure my life out. Because at the time, I still didn't know about motion graphics. I still didn't know about this industry. I just knew like I had been getting some skills. And so I had to decide what I wanted to do. And I had been, I heard, heard her about Full Sail, Full Sail University, which actually, uh, conveniently enough, was right down the road, right down University Boulevard. It was actually really close to you, same, like mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes away from UCF. So I had to decide, but everybody, right, everybody said, don't be an artist. Everybody had been telling me, don't be an artist. Uh, don't, um, especially don't go to Full Sail. And um, it's... <laughs> It's 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 <laughs> it's unfortunate because Full Sail gets a, a bit of a bad rap. How come? Right? Uh, because they have 
a lot of people who go there who are unsuccessful. I see. And and it pay and you pay a lot of money to go to a school, and unfortunately, it doesn't have the best success rate. Um, and legit, there's like YouTube videos that says full sales a scam. Oh wow! I didn't yeah. know about this. Yes. Um. And and so like, but here's the thing: like, if you're if you're in Orlando, Florida, and, so, and you're considering going to full sale, I guarantee you there's hundreds of people who've heard horror stories because those people are still in Orlando, Florida working at maybe like Best Buy or Target or whatever. Like somebody knows a guy Man, who's just like, that and, is heartbreaking. It is, it is. It, and it, and it, and oh it sucks. It, it really does. And so, um, I, so like that was, again, that just added to my anxiety of like this misconception of like being a broke artist. But then, but then I went on their website and, uh, um, I, they, they, Fulsa does an amazing job promoting their, their alumni that are doing amazing things in the industry. And so I just blocked out, I just had to set aside, block out all the noise. There are people who have come from this school who are successful. Now, let's say there are small percentage, maybe, but there are some people who've made it out. And I said, if I decide to go to this school, I need to be a part of that small percentage of people who make it out and are successful. And the only way to do that, like, I have to go hard. I have to hustle. I have to work my butt off to ensure that this investment, this risk that I'm taking to go to this school, that I don't become this broke artist. And that there are people who, as you can see, I've, I've seen, I actually reached out to some of the alumni too and like asked what they were doing and this, that, and the other. I started putting this little bit of added pressure on myself. Also, too, just a quick, quick backstory. It took me a year to get to full sale because my I had to get somebody to co-sign on my loans, and and my mom was the only person that could co-sign on my loans. And she told me, she, I love you, ma. Don't, don't get mad at me. But she told me no at first, and she eventually came around the corner a year later. And uh, when I got to full sale university, having gone through all that I got through, and like having finally got to where I wanted to be, I came in there day one with this motivation of like. I need to be the best I can be and I need to work as hard as I can because I didn't know success wasn't guaranteed and I know so many people who came who who didn't have be successful so I need to go twice as hard mm. and um, um, I, I say this all the time to a lot of people I never I still to this day have never worked as hard as I did when I was from the years 18 to 21 when I was at that school I have yet to have worked mm. as hard as did when i was at that okay <laughs> i gotta stop you i gotta stop you okay. <laughs> it's too much stuff in here to unpack all right all right i love the backstory and then there's a backstory sure. to the backstory oh my gosh okay so i, I, I probably straight away from the question i'm not even sure what the question was <laughs> <laughs> i'm like, I'm like all right I, i'm sure my audience like where's this roller coaster ride going i thought it was going up and then it's sideways and then we're in the corkscrew and my gosh if, okay if anything if anything i just want to give motivation to people who are who who, if anything, are are trying, who are just getting started with art school, or who are contemplating art school, or who hear all that noise about, you know, the broke artist mentality. This night, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, if anything, give. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, yeah, you're doing trying it. to give, use my story as an example of it's possible. And I want to say though that full sell isn't a scam. It's like saying the gym is a scam, and not not just the gym, but that's like saying the gym and. And a fitness trainer and 24 access to all the equipment in the gym is a scam, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's on you, it's on the artist to, you know, to put the work in. You know, uh, the, the the art institutions will provide you the tools and the resources, but it's on you 
to develop the skill and 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 the craft. You know, my my time at Full Sail, I have no complaints. I have nothing bad to say about my time for at Full Sail. It helped lay the foundation to prepare me for the industry, help propel me uh, to become the artist, and help mold me into the artist that I am today. You know, but at the end of the day, it's not for everybody. Don't go there if you're immature or have worth ethic issues or aren't sure about what it is that you want to do don't go there if you're just kind of interested in this stuff you know um this stuff requires commitment you know you got to be really committed to this stuff ken blanchard said when you're interested in something you only do it when it's convenient when you're committed to something you accept no excuses only results i uh i like to use this analogy right uh where you know uh, marriage requires commitment. You know, I, I'm, I've been married to my wife for four years now, mm-hmm. and uh, I've known her for ten years. Can you imagine if I told her that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in her uh, at the altar? You know, that was my vows. I'm really interested in you. No, mm-hmm. no, like you got to be, you got to be committed to whatever it is that you're doing. It's raining inspiration right now. I promise you it is. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm basking in the gloriousness of it. And I, I just want to say a couple of things, man. Sure, yes. I please. do want to say this. I know this sounds like a total cliche, okay? But yes. I'm going to say a couple of things. One is I, I feel like you're that embodiment of this phrase, this cliche, that attitude, not aptitude, determines your altitude. And I, you hear this all the time in school, uh, right? Uh, yes. But you're that guy who goes in fully aware, fully aware that if you don't do what you need to do, you're going to get scammed. And a lot of people, that, that would have just made them run for the hills. And so, you know this. You're, yes. you're like this informed, aware guy. Also fully aware that it's going to be expensive. Yeah, Private art school education is expensive. And then you look at it like eyes wide open and you say to yourself, you know, damn, there's a handful of people who are successful. So it's not impossible, but right. it's a narrow margin. Yes. And despite all that, you still move forward, knowing that you make this kind of commitment to yourself. Like, you cannot F this up. No matter what, you have to carve out your part, get what you need, extract the knowledge because you've seen the light and you know where you need to go. Now, the question I have for you is this. When your mom says no, how'd you feel? Yeah. I mean, give me me the full, raw, unprocessed, you know, just lay it on me because that's got to be heartbreaking. I... I, so I respect my mom. My mom's probably the person I respect the most in, in all the world. And I didn't look at it as rejection. I looked at it as she's looking out for me and what's best for me. She didn't, she never, she said it with all love. She never said like, flat out. she said it with like, let's uh, consider, you know, I remember I, I legit was um, pursuing computer science for a while. It's like, mm-hmm. you're on the computer a lot. You know, why don't you become a, a IT guy or mm-hmm. like, going to like you're on the computer figure out what you can do this that and the other and uh she was trying she was trying to protect me you know and um protect me from you know the outcome that she was afraid that her son could have and uh uh um um it it didn't hurt i i i i just looked at it i just had that naive kind of like you know this is like my like my parents trying to uh she she doesn't understand she doesn't understand what I'm trying to do. That's 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 what it was. And I didn't look at it as she was telling me no. I looked at it as I need to try and convince her 
that I know what I'm pursuing mm-hmm. and what I'm trying to do. Um, I, this isn't just some fun little thing that I'm just trying to. This is this is something that I'm very serious about. Dude, I love your attitude. And, oh my <laughs> god! I <laughs> like everything you answer. I'm like, hold on, this is another life lesson for people to pay attention to, right? Yeah, you have this yeah. amazing filter, this lens into a look at the world. And you're like the most shining example of this besides my oldest son who's able to look at any form of negativity and only filter out for the positive part. So instead yeah. of hearing no and like a dream crusher coming in, right, and saying this is stupid, your ideas are worthless, which is how a lot of people would hear it and feel that rejection, sadness, and self-pity, you yeah. looked at it like my mom's looking out for me. So All I right. got to figure out how to prove to her that it's a good idea. And if I can get her on board, then anything's possible, right? Yes. And you did it out of love and respect and all this stuff, but you didn't let it stop you. Well, like when I when when I eventually got to full cell, she was one of the persons that I wanted to make proud. I wanted her to understand that this was something that I was doing and I knew that what I was doing and that I well I didn't know. I didn't truly I I was telling her these things, but again, I didn't know about this industry. Mm-hmm. I just I just knew that there was people out there that were successful and I I I just knew success wasn't guaranteed and I I just needed to, you know, cast a wide net and increase my chances as much as possible to be successful at this thing. I I again, I was I was I was in a lot of ways driven I was driven to work hard out of fear, fear of failure. I had failed already mm-hmm. with with UCF and have getting kicked out of school and losing that job, and I didn't want to go through that again. You know that that was one of the reasons too. My mom was a little skeptical. She had seen what happened. You know, I was long, no longer at UCF. Um, you know, I just, I just, I just needed to. Uh, well, you want to hear a funny story? Yeah, yeah. Um, but before uh, you uh, tell uh, me that funny story, hold on. Yes. When, when you kind of failed at UCF, how did your parents take that? So it must have been hard for them. So truthfully and honestly, and I've never, I, I'm going to, this is confessional here, right? Yes, it is. I've actually Nobody's never, listening, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never told my parents. What? If you're listening on iTunes, please write us a review. We'll be forever grateful. think i've ever told i can totally tell them now i can totally yeah. go up like obviously they've they're, they're happy and, and proud of me and everything that i'm doing with that but no i was too i was i was i was banking on all right my my plan b is to go to full cell and that's probably one of the reasons why i was so persistent about it um was because i it's like anybody who's of immigrant descent like my parents are immigrants they're from come from haiti anybody i feel like this is the case for like a lot of people who are foreigners um you never want to let your parents down you know like your parents did so much to get here my parents did so much to get like mm-hmm. there's legit I know that story yep seriously like mm-hmm. my my mom hid in a boat to get here um to come to america to make a better future for her kids right mm-hmm. and so um uh, every single one of my aunts, one I have, I have multiple aunts. One by one, uh, my grandma came here first, and she sent for each one of her children one by one, um, working her butt off, uh, sending money to get her children over here. They went through so much to get here, and this, this is too like 
you know, I always I get upset sometimes with, with some of my family members because, like, like they, you as us as children, we have more opportunities than they had. So who are we not to surpass? what they've done we need to be as successful if not more successful than what our parents my mom throughout all that became a registered nurse i'm going off on a tangent but um, um <laughs> let me go back let me go back yeah <laughs> go back. can they pull, pull it back man <laughs> let me pull it back sorry let me pull it back uh so 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 yeah like when i i, I never told my parents because i didn't want to let them down and so like i was my plan b was i i the short story to 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 avoid going on to this long rant i always tell people i transferred from ucf to full cell that's not true i dropped out of <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's it's the creative way. It's not that it's not true. It's the creative way to explain that part of the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But basically you got kicked out of school. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty and much. And then you it's, kept it from your parents until now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to find out. Okay, Ma, you should be proud. Uh, he did all right. Everything oh. worked out for the better and it uh, don't sure don't don't blame yes. him. He's good. Yeah, she she brags more about my success than I I ever will. Love so. it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. I mean, you 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 go against so many different things, and you're kind of just I I don't know. You're like a survivor. Like no matter what happens, you're like you know. Let me figure this other thing out. That yeah. didn't work out. Let me just try this other thing until you make it work. And so now I have to imagine that your your mom and your family must be very proud that they didn't get three nurses. They got three artists, <laughs> and they're all doing well, <laughs> right? In the most non traditional yes. way. Yes, they are. They are incredibly. I mean, at, at the end of the day, like our family, will be proud of whatever it is that you mm-hmm. you, you pursue and whatever you do. If you're successful, they'll, they'll use you as like a rallying cry or whatever. Um, so yeah, they 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 are very happy, very successful, and and uh, as far as very happy with our success. And um, um, even though we didn't take the the traditional the traditional route, right? But um, 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 yeah, my mom my, my my mom's on Facebook and she just shares the heck out of anything <laughs> that I do, which I I absolutely I again I'm a very I'm an introverted person I don't like I don't like singing my own praises and she's right. like just yelling from the mountaintop. So yeah, right, they right. they're very happy they're very proud mm-hmm. um, of of what it is that I'm doing now. And I, I, the thing that I just love most is I'm just hopefully trying to use it as an example for um, um, people who may have been in my shoes in my position or whoever trying to pursue something that you know like if you if you have your heart set to something there's no other force that can stop you from getting to where you go except for yourself so um, love it you know uh, I, I want to yeah. say this if if I could if I could download your operating system and package it up in a box, I'd sell it and, and, and make a ton of money. I, really, I mean, your parents raised you right. Yeah, and yeah. to give you this kind of attitude and this lens and to, to realize the sacrifice that they made, I, I know this because I'm, I wasn't even born here. It sounds, you were born here, right? Yes, born here, Okay, yes. so I'm, I'm not even like first generation. I'm a, and somebody corrected me when I said that I was first generation. Like, no, you're not. You're first generation immigrant. My yeah. kids are first generation. So yeah. we know this, and it's it's a burden that people that are not refugees or immigrants to this country just won't know. Like the farther you get away from that, I mean, right. if you're fifth, sixth generation, the, this whole story goes away. But right. to carry the burden that your parents sacrificed so much to get you here, yeah. so when they say you should do X, it's that much harder for you not to do that. Right. I want to put it in context for everybody that, that doesn't understand this thing because they gave up their life their family, 
their home, their language, their culture, and to step into the darkness, into the unknown, right. just because they want to have a better shot for their kids. It's not about them. Right. So you, you carry this debt and you want to honor your parents and honor their sacrifice. So if you go out and do something frivolous, you've wasted that sacrifice and, and that, that kills you more than anything else. A hundred percent. So I feel you, man. I know that story. And and I'm glad you're telling it because you're giving a different side to this that I, I think people in the creative community and people that are, are minorities or immigrants or refugees or whatever that are going to hear this, I hope this gives you the courage. But I want to temper this a little bit because it's not an all like feel good story. You could have easily been one of those guys that finishes school and puts out a video that says full sale is a scam <laughs> and now I'm broke, right? Yes. You could have been one of those heartbreaking stories that didn't make it. So you guys can't go in with your eyes closed or your kind of nose to the to the kind of uh, to the ground. You have to be fully aware and you have to realize what it takes. And you have to squeeze out everything that you can out of a program that has its strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, here like so one thing I wanted to like art school is expensive. Like Hell I, yeah, I, how much was it? I, I still don't. I still don't understand why it's so ex- it's so expensive, mm. but um um. But here, let me really quick make a quick parallel. Like, med school is expensive too, right? But here's the difference, right? Like, if you if you if you suck or if you're average or if you're mediocre at med school, you're not gonna make it through. The unfortunate thing with school, if if, if you're mediocre or you can get by, you can you can graduate and be a mediocre artist with this close to hundred thousand dollar debt over your head you know mm-hmm. which is is more after interest and everything like that after you right. end up paying it off so um um i think that's the biggest like like there's the phrase that's been going around you know obviously this past year is like stay woke right mm-hmm. like be be aware be aware of what you're you're, you're going into like you got to look at this stuff like an investment right you are betting on yourself um you're putting legit a whole bunch of money forward. You're going all in on this investment, which is called art school, and that investment needs to pay off. And that's something too that I was like, I was, I was aware of when I was when I was in school. Is like, like I'm paying all this money to go to this school. I'm I'm gonna make sure as as much as I can that this investment pays off, and that this 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 thing. I I got to the point towards the end of my um, schooling that I was like, I want to get to the point where like you know studios are reaching out to me that I don't have to because I had heard so many struggles of like, oh I applied for fifty different in, um, internships and nobody heard back or five. I was like, I'm paying too much to go to the school to not to to do that you know like like i don't i don't like yeah sure i'll i'll work hard i'm ready to work hard but like i want to i want i want there this to pay off i want this to pay off right away i don't want to have to 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 wait like i'm not i don't i don't care how much i'll make but as long as i'm in the industry and working that's what i wanted you know it's like, it's like i didn't want this to it's it's an investment it's an investment and, and you want it to pay off okay um yeah. I, I got a couple – I mean, I could sit here and talk to you all day, right? <laughs> yes. But, uh, obviously, you have work to do, and I have work to do as well. But yeah, I, I have to talk to you about two things Yes. before we end the show. Yes. Let, let's get some, some numbers here because there's going to be some kids from parts of the world where this is just not even within their reach. So let, let me just put some concrete things down. Yes. You went to school. How much money did you owe when you finished school? 
So um, the education at the time, at the time, this was 2010 mm-hmm. when I uh, um, got to Full Sail University. The education was 75000 75K. Um, All in, uh, 75K? Uh, 75K, that's just for the tuition. That's right. not including, um, I took out loans uh, to cover my- uh, Living uh, expenses, expenses all that stuff. Right. Like that. So you, like, the, you do the map, it's, it goes up more. Right. Um, after after that point, but just the tuition itself seventy five k, and that 70. is that for eight eight semesters. No, so like that. So full cell is full cell is different than most universities. It's a twenty uh, four hour campus. Uh, you go to school uh, five days a week for eight hours a day, wow. and uh, um, it's an accelerated program. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, twenty one months, twenty one months, I see. and so um, uh, it's accelerated, so yeah, you're taking you're taking classes every single you're taking a new class every single month. So almost like a month is a semester in in mm-hmm. in, 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 in a lot of ways. You're, um, so it's so uh, yeah, it's it's intense. Mm-hmm. It's 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 uh, you can have class at two in the morning um, at some point in time. You know, just depending on scheduling this, that, and the other, and, and it's open twenty four seven. Yes, yeah, you can have a class at That's two in bananas. the morning. Okay, yeah. okay, so we know yes. it's expensive. Yes. We know it's accelerated and you, yes. you have to get through a lot and it's not for everybody, right? Yes. So that's, yes. Th- there it is. And I can now see why a lot of artists get out and they, they don't have it because they weren't ready to go to school. Yeah. Not this way. So yeah. it's design, the, the structure is accelerated. It, it requires a very specific individual to be successful in that kind of thing. Now really, you, can you, I say really, can yeah. I say really fast? Um, um, People and this is just in general. People think going to school is enough. Going to school and doing what it is that they tell you, and if you just do that, you're just going to be on the same level playing field as everybody else. You're going to be all competing for the same jobs. If you just get a degree at any school, that doesn't make you valuable. And some that hurts a lot of people's feelings. Just having a degree at school does not make you valuable. Um, you're just as valuable as everybody else. You actually need to do more. You need to do what the school tells you and then some to help separate you from the pack. And that's essentially in a nutshell what I did when I was at Full Sail. Mm-hmm. I probably could have gotten two degrees in my time there because of the amount of work that I was doing on top of the amount of work that was being given to me. So, yeah, I really wanted to point that out because mm-hmm. that's a lot of people don't understand that just going to school and graduating doesn't like some people feel entitled. You know, it's like, no, that that's that's not the case that you, you need to add value to the marketplace um, right. first. Okay, so are you paying for this on your own all through loans? Any support from your parents? When I get to school? Yeah. Um, when you transfer through, all, <laughs> to <full sale? laughs> uh, all through All through loans, uh, maybe every now and again if I got into a pinch or a bind. But that's, I, I, I'm very prideful in the fact – prideful in, in, in not asking for, for, for help. Like I would mm. rather struggle – first and be like on my last dime before i start asking why for 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 help because my mom had done already so much for me at that particular time and my dad even though i knew like if i called at any point in time they would they they would without a question um i wanted to be on my own like i i, I just i i wanted to that that's probably again just added to my more fuel to my fire is just i i didn't want to i my mom again my mom had done so much to to get me to that point in time she had been taking care of me my whole my whole life and i wanted i wanted to be independent like i i had no pride in and 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 
and going back to asking asking for additional help. I would do it if it was absolutely necessary, but um, I did whatever. I, like, I remember I, 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 my mom talks about this story too. I was a sign spinner in, in, in college just so I can try and mm-hmm. make some extra cash just so that way I can Okay, kinda, so like, for people that don't know what a sign spinner is, you're standing in the street corner in the sun or in the cold and you're doing acrobatics with a sign, like with a big yeah. arrow usually, right? Yeah. Like yeah. eat here I, or go that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was signs being for an apartment, and I would do whatever I could to just, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, 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 so yeah, for the most part, all through through loans and working, and and if it was there, I would ask if it was necessary, I would ask, but I tried not to. Okay. Whatever. So I have yeah. to ask this other question. Yes. How are you doing on your loan payments right now? Where are you at? As far as paying it off? Yeah. I'm I'm paying. I'm still he- heavily heavily. Uh, still have a large portion of that uh, uh, school loan in my name, but yeah, I'm having no problems paying paying it off. It's just going to take me a long time to pay it off. Okay, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to pay down that debt ASAP because it's going to be hanging over your head, and you, you have the means to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. I no, and like my my wife, like we talk about this mm-hmm. all the time, and so like it's something that we're uh, we're actively trying to tackle for sure. Yeah, get that monkey off your back and just move on. Yeah. It's, it is so liberating, I got to tell you, because you, you mentioned this. It's 75000 That's just the base thing. But when you pay it off over 30 years, it's a gigantic amount. Yes. Yeah, more than so, doubles. Right. So just get rid of it, man. Okay. So I want to I wrap the show with a last little bit. And I want to ask you about this. And this is a touchy subject. So let's see if this makes the edit, okay? Okay. So here we go. You are a first-generation American, Haitian-American. Yes. You're you are black. Yes. And I I just want to know have you felt that the color of your skin, the way you look or the way you speak has that impacted you better or for, or for the worse in any which way working in this industry? Sure. Um and I almost I almost was trying to prepare for this question cuz I thought you knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. We're not going to yeah. get out of this call without it. <laughs> so um Getting into the industry, I want to say no. I we are I'm fortunate to be in an industry where your appearance, like I've seen some of like guys with like bunch of tattoos, mm-hmm. like look like you know bikers or whatever this that and the other who who are working in an industry or good friends or whatever this that and the other industry which like you go to a corporate job and like you'll be there. I I I I actually dress up when I come to work. I try to look as buttoned up as possible. This that and the other. So like. Getting into the industry, I want to say no. Um, but the higher I go and the higher elevated I, I go in my career to try and move up, the more hesitant, the more slights I have been noticing towards getting a particular opportunity. Now, I'm the type of person I don't use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. I don't use that as a reason to uh complain and I don't use it as a reason to, as a crutch. I don't use it as a reason to uh get mad at any particular reason. I just like I said earlier where like I'm opportunistic, I, I try to uh figure out what I can do to circumvent that. However, it has been more challenging uh, uh, to uh, to get to, and I don't want to call. I I got to be careful where I'm stepping here because I don't want to s- say any particular scenarios and calling a particular person out or institution out or anything like that. But um, I have, and uh, you'll get. 
I've let me let me try and uh, glaze over a scenario where like you'll want to be in a particular room, um, and you feel very qualified and you feel very confident and even more qualified than some of the other people that may be in that particular room, but you might not get invited into that particular room. You'll 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 like as an artist, as the person doing doing the uh, the dirty work, getting getting their hands dirty. Um, execute this, that, and the other, but there'll be times where, like, you want to level up, and it can be in some particular areas, some avenues, a little more challenging. You mm-hmm. want to get closer to the client, you know, um, just that and the other. Okay, and I got I, some questions for you. Yeah, I got some yeah. questions. Okay, so you kind of hinted at like once you start to get into the upper levels, that it seems to be more apparent. So I, I do want to say something here, and I, I do want to get your point of view on this. Is that luckily in our industry. You get judged by the thing you put out. Yeah. You you never have to show your face. You don't have to even you could call yourself John Smith if you wanted to. When when yes. we see the work, we know this is right. This person's talented. We yes. don't know if you're man, woman, black, white, old, young. We just don't know. We don't for the most part don't even care. Yes. That's where I feel this way, but I, I want to just give me a short answer. Is the motion design space what we do? Is it a meritocracy where it's merit based? Or do you feel that or do you not feel that? I do feel like it is merit based as far as getting your foot in the door, as mm-hmm. far as getting an opportunity to work with a particular studio. It's it's very much what you can do, what like what what you can do. Um, like you said, you can be any like there's people who work off of aliases name alias names where like I don't even think I know their first or last name, right. whatever it, is, it may be. Um, and uh, uh, they'll they'll hire hire this person. Um, from the middle of nowhere, it doesn't right. matter. Matter like they've never like it's so funny. Like we're, this industry is very much based off of recommendations. Like you've never worked, may have never worked, but you don't need to interview this person. Like that's that. that but like what I've noticed, once you get into those a little bit more corporate atmospheres, that tends to shift a little. Like in bit. Silicon Valley, <laughs> maybe. No, that we we could say that. We don't have to mention a company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know exactly. what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like it's it's but also to Silicon Valley is in LA as well. So like it's right. it's in our industry, um, in a lot of particular realms. But at the same time, I'm a hundred percent like this is though I flip it, man. I, I very much flip it. I don't use it as like if that's the case, I do whatever I can. I get to the point like there's a book that my favorite book, so good they can't ignore you, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like if I want to get to the point where like it's undeniable, I don't like regardless of this person's right, right. race, their background, like they're undeniably valuable to us, and this person needs to be. So if that's the case, then like then I almost look, flip it on myself. Like, well, I need to do whatever I need to do to make these people understand that they don't know who they're dealing with, like who who they're working with. You right. know, like they don't know yet. Like, don't underestimate I, me because I'm yeah, gonna exactly. I'm gonna destroy it. I'm gonna wreck it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, okay, if you pass up on me, all right, you're passing up on an opportunity yeah. to. To elevate your company, your it's brand. Your loss. Exactly. Your exactly. loss, not mine. Yep. Exactly. I hear you. That's the way I flip it, okay. man. Now, I, I'm going to say something. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. When I go and meet my clients and they're very successful, it, it starts to look less and less like me. Right. Where it's typically, and, and, and I don't want to stir it up necessarily, it, it tends to be Caucasian, white, right. straight. Right, European descent, kind of. That's what that's what we see now. I don't yes. think they're holding anything against me. I'm not holding anything against them. But that's just that's just how it is. That's the world that I see, and I think you're saying the same thing, right? 
the more corporate it gets, that's the, that's the way it becomes. Yes. But yes. In, in our industry, it's like we're talking about the people to your left, to your right, the people that you work with, generally speaking, in these smaller boutique things. It's very diverse. We live in Southern California. It's all right. over the place. There's transgender people. There's women. There's men. There's Asians. There's blacks. There's Latinos. There's whites. It's all over the place, right? Right. 100%. Okay. Now, now that we covered the whole meritocracy thing, I, I do want to ask this other question than that i was just talking to douglas davis on a stream on people of color and he had said that he just suddenly became aware that he didn't have any teachers that looked like him <laughs> and and to extrapolate on that it's like how many writers of books that you read that you look up to look like you <laughs> oh man. right <laughs> yeah okay so i have to ask you this question yes when you're when you're coming up and going to full sale and getting transferred from UCF, did you have a lot of teachers that were people of color, people that looked like you, who you could relate to, or did you even care? Did that even register in your mind? So this has been the way, this is this has very much been how it is my whole life in a lot of ways. So I, because I wasn't the most social kid growing up in school, you know, like, like school was kind of like, I took school seriously. Like I wasn't that pop. I wasn't on the football team, whatever this is. So like, uh, and I'm also of Haitian descent too. Like, you know, my parents emphasized getting good grades. So like usually because of that, I would be in more advanced classes. Um, I would take advanced placement classes. Mm-hmm. This And that was the case. My, like, for a lot of my classes like some of my homeboys i would just only see after school but when it when when classes started that was the case so like it became something that was of the norm for me it was never something that i felt the need to try and fix until later on in my life and in school yeah that wasn't that wasn't the case i only had one black teacher in 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 school and i'm 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 um uh he was a web design teacher and so I, I, I obviously don't do web design, so I, that's how how much um, I got out of that class. It wasn't until I got into the industry and I started seeing it more and more. And also, too, like being more aware of like the social issues that are going around in the world. When I first started to try and do something about it was my first year going freelance. I was working at a, I was working at a studio and I don't want to call the studio out, but they have a runner program Mm -hmm. and there was an African-American girl there. And, uh, I saw her working in the runner program. I was like, man, maybe this could be my opportunity to try and reach. Cause that's, I think is the solution. Reach out to some of the, I don't know what the solution is to help get us more to the top and get us into those, to those, to those corporate offices, other than trying to be as Bet, work on yourself and be as best as you can. But I do know the solution as far as in the grassroots level is to lend a help, helping hand out to somebody who looks like you mm-hmm. to get more of us represented into the industry. And uh, this is a, she's a good friend of mine now. Her name is Valencia Spates. But at this particular time, she was in this runner program. Um, she was an illustrator and she's working at this VFX shop. And I was like, why are you here? And, and, and like, you know, like you should be out there in the industry. And she's like, well, I'm, I'm trying to get into the industry that you She'd been in this runner program doing dishes. And- okay. Okay. I got to ask what the heck yes. is a runner program? Sorry. Oh yes. Yes. Runner program. So runner program, runner pro basically means, um, uh, the, there's a, I, I don't want to call the shop out, but like, let's say you use your reputation as a powerhouse VFX shop to go recruit students to come to your uh, after college, come to your 
your uh, studio to essentially take coffee orders and like lunch orders and do dishes. Oh, like a gopher, uh, a runner gopher. Yeah, go for exactly. This. Go exactly. get that. Okay. Yes, exactly. And uh, and and in return, we promise you opportunity to eventually work on a project or two, whatever this may be. Right. And, and they're uh, trading on access. Like you don't. You want to get in this room? This is the way you get yeah, in the room. Exactly. And she was too talented to be doing that, in your opinion. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, I, I had to do some investigation. I, asked, I, I t- sat down and talked to her again. She looked like me. She was African American. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's talk. Let's talk. And so I, I, when I found out she'd been there for two years, wow. like, and I got so frustrated and upset, you know, like granted some of the onus is on her to, to get herself up. But at the same time, like this is totally taking advantage of, 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 of somebody. So I was like, at that point in time, I, when I heard that, I just automatically decided, all right, I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to figure out how to get you, um, get you into industry. I'm not a, I'm not an owner. I'm not mm-hmm. a studio owner. I can't get you a job, but I can recommend you. I could, I, I have people that I know. And so, um, a few months later, uh, I was able to get her get her out there uprooted i recommend her she's worked on a couple of freelance jobs with some people that i recommended and now she's working full-time at technicolor which is awesome and it's like one of the some one of the most proudest moments in my career to know mm-hmm. that i've able to lend a helping hand to somebody who looks like me to get them because people take care of their own right like that's generally that's generally how it works and so us me as african-american i now feel like if i want to see this representation change i need to be reaching out at the grassroots level to some of these people who are coming up and figure out what i can do to uh to help and uh that's that's one of the ways i i don't even know if i answer, i've been answering your question but that's one story i wanted to bring up because sure. i feel like we we uh as as minorities in general if we want it like we can um we can be proactive and trying to start to to get more representation into this industry mm-hmm. now w- without adding any any company i don't want to say that but i just want to ask you this if their runner program was biased one way or the other or it's just them taking advantage that they, they're a very prestigious company and they want to take advantage of cheap labor and, and exploit that is yes it, is it race-based or is it just more like exploiting people who want to be in the industry i didn't think i didn't think it was race-based yeah. um necessarily i just think i i thought it was definitely exploiting that right. passion and hungry desire artists, basically. Like hard and hungry artists getting into the bro again right. i felt like the onus is on her as well mm-hmm. but also too like to, at some point you you if you're actually promising some type something in return you know like i like i have i have conflicting i have conflicting opinions about unpaid internships mm-hmm. but i feel like this is worse this is this is like i was so frustrated and upset mm. um when i when i uh when i when i heard about that because i was like this you're this you're adding no beneficial value because it wasn't even an illustration i was a right, right. shop, so it's like she and she does illustrations so. mm-hmm. um yeah. Well, good for you, man. I'm I'm glad you did that to help out a talented artist to find an opportunity because what she was doing is going to be a dead end thing. And the fact that she was there already two yeah. years, yeah. meaning like her life spirit, her light was going to go dim, and right. you needed to save that that flicker, you know. And uh, right. that's amazing. So I think you being on this show and you do, you just being a rad person and huh. having this killer attitude and the work is impeccable. I didn't even get to mention, I mean, you've worked for Nike, Google, Toyota, Starbucks, Hyundai. You've worked uh-huh. with a bunch of brands, right? And Facebook, Apple, not to mention you worked on Black Panther, yo. Uh-huh. Yeah. You worked on Black Panther. Yes. That's smashing all kinds yes. of records. I just, I'm just thrilled. I am just thrilled. Uh-huh. 
it is the project I'm most proud of in my career to have worked on. Um, feel very, very fortunate, especially just being an African American um, and just working on a film that celebrates being African American, mm-hmm. just like with the, all of that cast, but also too, just like the story behind it, it was just also just anybody can it's rock solid. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was, I was just so, and just how it was received, mm-hmm. how well it was received, man. It was Look, just, it was incredible, incredible. There's a lot of things to be proud of. Yeah, and I, I know, you know, it's obvious. I'm Asian American, and. My kids have already gone to see it twice. I know other Asian people have gone to see it in an insane amount of time. Like, what's wrong with you? It's just a movie. It's like, it's so good. So this is fantastic. And I hope the rest of the industry looks up finally and wakes up. It's like black cast, black director, black story. Yeah, yeah. Smash stereotypes. 100%. We'll come out. And crush it at the box office. And I I get this feeling, man. I just get this feeling. I don't know this for a fact. I get this feeling like, because some of the VFX were kind of okay. Mm-hmm. That the next movie, you better spend the amount of money to make it like the same level as Iron Man because the stories there, people want it, is fantastic. Oh, 100%. Spend the money, you guys. 100%. They, have they the deserve evidence. it. They have, exactly. 100%. Right? Seeing seen people come out um, and support this film. So, like, let's build off of the success and, yeah. and go, go further. Let's take this further. It 100%. could be the tent pole now. It's like. And I gotta be honest, I'm I'm a comic book fan, right? I'm a comic. I'm not even a fan. I'm a, just a nerd, straight up nerd. <laughs> and I I don't even know Black Panther that well. But after this thing, I was like, man, what a freaking cool character! Yeah, so cool. Actually, I wouldn't have worked on Black Panther if it wasn't for you. So follow me. Check check this out. Okay, May. No, not May. Uh, March of last year, I got booked to work at Blind on the your Xbox spot that mm-hmm. you guys did last year. And right after, I want to say a week after, Perception in New York reached out to me and said, hey, we've got these film titles that we want to work on um, that we'd love to bring you in on, and it's for Spider-Man. And I was like so brokenhearted because I just accepted booking with you guys, and I reached out to John Roth. And I was like, hey, I know this is unprofessional, but I've got this you know, opportunity of a lifetime to work on a film, which has always been my dream. And and I'd love to know if possible. I totally understand you guys can say no to me. I would 100% respect your decisions, but can you guys release me from your from the bookings that way I can work on this amazing opportunity? He emailed me like, I kid you not, maybe 10 minutes later. And it's like, he's like, I wanted to stop everything I'm doing and let you know that, you know, this totally 100% go work on the film. We, we'll, we'll, we'll figure things out on our end. So John, if you're listening, I want to thank you as well for, 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 for doing that, man. Forever, forever grateful because of that relationship I created with Spider-Man um, and those perce- guys at Perception, they brought me back to work on Black Panther. So, mm. um, real big, big thanks to you guys. <laughs> Seriously, I was a little nervous about where the story was going. Like, <laughs> oh man, we screwed the guy over. No, we no, screwed no. You over. You know, no, John is a big nerd too. Oh yeah, he's probably the biggest nerd at the office. Actually, there's competitions like who's the bigger nerd at the office. But you, you, the fact that you mentioned like a film title, your passion. I mean, we understand. We totally yeah. understand, man. We don't ever want to get in the way of somebody doing something that they need to do, no matter what. So we're uh, never going to hold that against you, man. So I love about this industry, man. It's just like everybody's looking out for everybody. Everybody, it's such a friendly industry, and it's just like I got your back. Um, you know, it's it's just so fortunate, so many ways to be in this industry, man. So. 
Thank you so much for having me, man. Dude, I, I, I think there's going to be more that we're going to do together, either yeah. you know, as content or just working together at some point. Yeah. I, I know our yeah. paths are going to cross. I, yes. I, I applaud you for teaching and sharing your gift and also for just running straight towards things that make you afraid, <laughs> right, to, to conquer those Thank demons. And I think yeah. if you want to get into some of those leadership roles, you and I can connect after this. We can talk a little bit. But you yeah. just keep doing what you're doing, which is, you know what? I, I want to get better at that. I'm going to just keep doing whatever it is that scares me because I'm going to get better at it and just dive yeah. head in. Hey, like I said, I could sit here and talk to you for another hour because we, <laughs> we can we can share immigrant culture things about going against our parents' wishes and debt and money and leadership. And someday you're going to start a company. I I, I, I would put stock on you. Uh, like if you're selling stock on where you're going, I would be a, a guy buying stock on you because oh, it's limitless, man. Like I say, you are just me, younger, faster, better, and, you know, and everything. So... I just can see amazing things for you, man. I, I appreciate that, man. Seriously, that means a lot, especially what you're doing with the podcast with Blind and, and everything like that, just like with the future and everything like that. It's just really so humbling. And just like the, the, the all-star cast you've had on this podcast, man, it just means a lot. <laughs> you are yeah. now the all-star. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Hendel Eugene, and you are listening to The Future. The Future is hosted by me, Chris Doe. The show is edited by Stuart Schuster. Big thanks to Adam Sanborn, who composed our theme song. To subscribe to The Future Podcast, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and now SoundCloud. Make sure you rate and review our episodes. Don't miss out on upcoming events, live streams, workshops, and announcements by going to thefuture.com and sign up for the newsletter link at the bottom. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the future is here. Thanks for listening. That's it for this episode. See you in the future.